0: You're listening to the Unbreakable Moms podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Page. This podcast is for moms of teenage daughters who are searching for peace in their home. In each episode, I share interviews with experts who give us insights and tips to help us deal with the issues affecting our teens. We talk about everything from self-esteem, to anxiety and depression, to bad attitudes, and well, anything and everything else that disrupts the peace in our family. In today's episode, I'm chatting with licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of Therapy for Nerds, Cassidy Russell. Listen in as she shares about how her own nerdiness helps her relate to her teenage patients by using superheroes from movies and games. According to Cassidy, being a nerd is about being different and feeling like an outcast, something that I'm sure we can all relate to. Hi everybody and welcome to today's episode of the unbreakable moms podcast today i have cassidy russell with me joining me for the podcast here and cassidy is a um family therapist. She actually has her master's in clinical psychology, and she specializes in working with um, teens, particularly females. So she is obviously a perfect match for our group here and and our topics that we're often discussing here on the Unbreakable Moms podcast. But I asked Cassidy to join us here today to really Mm -hmm. speak about a very unusual topic. And I say unusual only because the name of her practice is called Therapy for Nerds. <laughs> and it just, it kind of makes me giggle, brings a smile to my face. But before we dive in really into a lot of this, the stuff that I wanted to talk about, um, Cassidy, maybe you can give a little bit more background to our audience about who you are, about your practice itself. And what this really means is therapy for nerds. Who are these nerds? <laughs>
1: Um, so I, my master's is in uh, marriage and family therapy. And then I went on to to get my license in that. And then, so I am a nerd, nerd myself. I love cartoons and just, um, John Green has a really good quote about being a nerd. It's someone that is open to love something fully which I really enjoy, and then also just, the, the kids I see that would fall under this, like, nerd category tend to, to feel like outcasts, they feel like what they enjoy, what they love isn't viewed as having some sort of value, like video games, cartoons, um, Marvel movies have been more popular star wars has been more popular but it's still something that the nerd community sees and has taken on as
0: that something that's theirs mm-hmm. so i mean maybe you can expand a little bit more about um you know the cartoons and the movies and and the i guess the I mean, because I know a lot of kids these days are into gaming. So, is it just the typical gaming that people do, or is there is there something different about this community of nerds that you um, that you see it and deal with?
1: I mean, there's there's so many different types of games, and actually, if we're going by like who plays video games the most, it would actually be middle-aged women play video games the most. <laughs> because no, I'm actually very serious because they tend to play games on their phone, like, um, like the Jewel game, I forget, I'm blanking on the name of it, <laughs> which is very sad, so it's actually, it's funny that, like, white boys get that rap as, like, playing video games the most, when they actually don't. Studies have shown it's actually middle-aged women, which you would not really necessarily think, so it's, it's, depends, I personally play a lot of like Pokemon games. I grew up with Pokemon games. I'm excited. I've been playing Stardew Valley, which is like a farming sim, I guess you could say. Okay. <laughs> so it just, video games, there's there's so many different kinds. It's not all Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a huge fan of Fortnite, but I know a lot of people
0: that are, and if that's your thing, then that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. But it it just depends. And I liked how you kind of um, gave that description you said from, from John Green about, you know, what kind of a nerd is. But I also liked when you were initially starting to describe, you know, who you work with, you said, you know, kids that are outsiders. And I think that's probably a better way, at least for me, to understand what that means because, you know, we all remember growing up, there was like the popular kids and you know, that they're always going to be the popular kids in whatever generation you're talking about. But then there's the the real outsiders for whatever reason, just makes them different and really challenging to kind of socialize and integrate into society of the high school realm. Is that really kind of the group that you tend to work with?
1: Yeah, I tend to work with the kids that have a very hard time relating to other people, and because, I don't know if it's because they, like, relate more to the nerdy culture, or if they relate more to the nerdy culture because they don't relate to anyone else, um, a lot of nerd culture centers around being outcast, and the found family trope is so huge throughout so much media, like, um, there's... She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. There's Star Wars also has some found family stuff. Uh, there's Adventure Time. I have a poster behind me, I don't know if it's easy to see. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that has the found family trope and just this finding friends that end up being your family, which is so big and speaks to so many kids that really want that. They want to have these friendships. And they don't feel connected to a whole lot of people. And so they see that and that's what they want. So they get drawn to that.
0: And so how do you, I mean, how do you reach them? How do you work with them? Because, I mean, as a teenager, most teenagers are not really forthcoming with feelings and talking, you know, talking about what's going on. Um, But so how do you draw that out from them so that you can kind of help them navigate that way? I actually don't find that to be very true with a lot
1: of my clients. A lot of my clients really want to talk to someone. They just don't feel like whatever they have to say is valued. So they end up kind of shutting down and not wanting to talk. But once I get them on a topic that they love, say they really, really identify with Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. I can get them talking about that. I can get them talking about that for hours if I wanted to, and I can have full in-depth conversations on character analysis and what the symbolism is and how they identify with that character and what that character means for them and how that character is going through something that they can really identify with. And then that gets them talking about what
0: it is that they're dealing with themselves. All right. That, that, To me that's fascinating that you're able to relate to them this is like I've said before this is all really brand new for me I can't relate to this at all so I'm really (laughs) relying on you to to kind of help me understand how it is that you work so that you know if there are moms that are listening out there and they do have a child who is kind of um, on the outside and doesn't really fit in in the social realm of high school um, you know how what are the things that they're looking for? How should they be reaching out and trying to connect with their own child? And at what point do, does it become a concern where they need to find somebody like you who you know, is a therapist and actually speaks that language that they speak? I mean, it's, it's
1: one of those things. I actually, I have a, a YouTube channel and I, I have a video on this of how to connect with your kids. And it's, the basics of it is just give what they like a try if they like playing Pokemon, sit down and maybe see what it is. What are they what what they're doing. Um, I I mentioned in the video, there was, I remember one instance of my mom playing this racing game with us and she did terribly. Like she went backwards on the track, <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite memories because she was there and she was trying mm-hmm. and then, my dad whenever um, Dexter's Laboratory was on. That was the one show that he would just like sit down and watch with us. And I remember those, that very clearly. So there's, there's, I'm not saying you have to love everything your kid loves because some, there's some cringy stuff out there that kids really enjoy, but then there's also some really good stuff. Animation is a form of storytelling. It's not just for kids. There's, there's a lot of adult animation, but then there's also a lot of really good and powerful shows. Um, Gravity Falls is a really fun one. It's, it's all about mystery, and there's this overarching story through a couple of seasons, and it's one of those things that both kids and adults can really enjoy. So it's my suggestion for parents that are feeling disconnected from their kids is really give what they like a shot. And if you don't know what they like, then that's a huge problem in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But I understand that a lot of parents don't have a lot of time. So it's, it's one of those things where if you don't, if you really don't think you're going to like it, then try to find something that you will Mm -hmm. so that you can have that little bit of extra energy and a little bit of extra passion to, to really sit through a couple of episodes or Mm. play a couple of levels or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be an expert in it too. You can have the kid teach you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about, you know, when, when you have those teenagers that just kind of isolate themselves and really don't want you know parents to participate even just kind of watch what they're doing they're just like get away from me you know <laughs> this is my turn my, my time um you know how how can parents kind of infiltrate that so that they can kind of see what's going on what is the kid interested in because like you said i mean the parents if once you sit down and actually watch something or try to play one of their games with them they may actually kind of like it so what kind of suggestions do you have for, for moms that are listening to kind of infiltrate that you know, that zone that teenagers and that wall that teenagers often have of get out of here, leave me alone? Well, I think a lot of say your kids playing
1: Legend of Zelda on the couch, you could just sit down for five minutes and ask them what they're doing, ask them what the what's happening in the game um, comment on the game that, like, oh, hey, this is really cool music. I love Breath of the Wild music. That's what I, use. when I do my yoga routine, <laughs> I'll, like, just play that, and it's so relaxing and so calming, and it's, it's, sometimes teenagers, they, they want to, they say they want to push you away, but they actually do want you to hang out, for the mm-hmm. most part. They're, I'm not saying, speaking for every teenager, but a lot of them do just want that connection and they have a hard time putting that into words. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, a lot of the teenagers that you're, you're working with, you know, you say that you're using a lot of, um, you know, the stories and the games and the characters that they're familiar with. What are kind of some of the overarching themes besides the one that you said, I'm looking for connection that you're seeing in, in your patients? I see a lot of
1: um, depression symptoms in my clients and a lot of anxiety, particularly related to school. The the current school system we have set up is really not working for our teenagers and the amount of pressure that is getting put on them to like, oh, you have to do, you have to be on the football team and get a 5.0 and cure cancer and if you wanna go to college, so do all those things. And it's just—it's too much pressure for these kids. Mm-hmm. So they all feel like they're falling short and feeling like they're not enough. And it's really not that they're not enough. It's just unreal, like super unreal, reasonable expectations are
0: getting put on them. And it's interesting that you know it's—it's it's, that you're saying this because I mean you're, you're you're specializing in in helping what we'll call the nerds, but yet that depression and anxiety and those. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressures and unreasonable expectations that are placed on our kids these days it's um, it's a common theme it doesn't matter if you're a popular kid or an athlete or or the outsider in your in your school so these are you know common themes so it doesn't matter where their their social standing is in their in their mm-hmm. school
1: yeah it's definitely the the amount of school anxiety that i see
0: is insane mm-hmm. And I mean, do you think it's worse in the, the clients that you tend to work with than than other kids or or is it just different? It might be worse because I,
1: I do work with um, a lot of like middle class to upper middle class families just because that's what's in my area. And there's a lot of pressure. Um, I'm in Southern California. There's so much pressure for kids to go to USC or UCLA, and they they have to do this. Other if they go to a if they go to a Cal State, then it's the end of the world, and you're a failure as a parent. And I try to explain to parents like, no, that's that's not the case. Your kid doesn't have to go to Harvard to be successful. Mm. There's plenty of other avenues if. Going to community college for a couple of years can really, it helps lower the amount of um, school debt, student loans that people have to take out. It gives kids that little bit of extra time to grow up and mature because we know the brain doesn't end maturing until their mid-20s. And we're expecting kids to just go out and be super successful when they're 18. How many 18 to 18 year olds do you know? Who would be able to do their own taxes and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Of any <laughs> I don't even know many adults that can do their own taxes, let alone an 18 year old kid. It's mm-hmm. So it's about setting these reasonable expectations to help lower the, their anxiety.
0: And then you find characters in like the different games and the uh, other movies and things like that, that they enjoy to kind of model and exemplify how they need to manage those expectations or deal with those pressures. Is that how you kind of work with them?
1: Well yeah there's there's different ways of utilizing story characters um I actually did a training called superhero therapy training with Dr. Janina Scarlett and her training is literally all about using pop culture to build and like what I'm talking about build story like utilize stories um so there's things like talking about Spider-Man and how he's able to overcome in any form of Spider-Man that's ever been made, right, first off, Uncle Ben dies, that's just a thing that always has to happen, and then second off, he has to walk this balance between being a teenager or young adult Mm -hmm. and being a superhero, and he doesn't always fall, he doesn't always do that tightrope right, right, He, he falls off that tightrope quite a few times, and he's messing up quite a few times. So it's about talking, bringing that in and the times where he's successful and talking about what he did and how to also do that and what they've done to be successful in that too, because kids aren't always failing, but sometimes they're not talked to like they're doing anything right.
0: mm mm-hmm. I love that. I love that example of of, um, Spider-Man, because I think that's something that we can all kind of relate to, even if we're not a big, you know, avid fan of it. We know the basic storyline of it, so... Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, for moms that are listening, do you, how, does, how does your practice work? Are you just local and work with um, people in your community there in California where you're based? Do you do any online work? You mentioned you have a, a YouTube channel, so I'm sure that um, some moms can find you that way also, and I'll provide mm-hmm. some links, but how is your practice set up? Right now it's, it's set up where
1: um, my license is only in California. I, I don't, I'm not licensed anywhere else. I have thought about looking into some, doing some online coaching. And if there's people that would be interested in that, then that's something that I would be willing to look more into. Um, and then, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. I've been a little not so good about posting recently, but I'm hoping to, to change that. I'm working on moving into a new office. And so I'm hoping that once I get settled in there,
0: things will, will come together, so to speak. <laughs> and what's the name of your YouTube channel? It's Therapy for Nerds. Therapy for Nerds. Okay, great. And I know that you've got a website of the, by the same name, Therapy for Nerds. So <laughs> if any of the moms that are listening want to kind of contact you, find out a little bit more information, they can find you um, through your website. Is that correct?
1: Yes, I, my website is linked to all my social medias and it has my, my, um, my email address on there. If you're going for social media, the, the one I'm most active on is my Instagram. Uh, and it's licensed therapy for nerds because therapy for nerds was
0: taken. Okay, awesome. Well, well, I so appreciate you jumping on here and spending some time with us and kind of addressing this kind of unique population of the outsiders that, you know, many of our teens are, they're just, they just don't fit in with the norms of of the high school um, society. So I appreciate you kind of giving us different ways that we can approach them, how we can maybe speak with them and start bonding with them by just kind of jumping in there and kind of watching what they're doing. And I I love how you actually work with the, the kids and you know speaking their language I mean you said so yourself you know you're a big nerd yourself so you're yeah. you love talking about this stuff for hours <laughs> as do they so I, I think that's an amazing um, common out common bond that you have with them to be able to speak that language so um, thank you so much for joining me today Cassidy I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. so much for listening to the Unbreakable Moms podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cassidy Russell from Therapy for Nerds. I certainly did. You know, although Cassidy provides therapy to what she calls nerds, she's really referring to teenagers who are the outcasts, those who have interests that are different than the social norms, which can make it more challenging for moms to relate and connect with them. Cassidy has a YouTube channel called Therapy for Nerds, where one of the things you will find is her speaking about different mental health issues using films like Coraline, Frozen, or superheroes like She-Ra. You can find the link to her channel in the description of this episode. And if you'd like to connect with Cassidy, go visit her website at www.therapyfornerds.com. I invite you to become a sponsor of the Unbreakable Moms. There are four different levels of sponsorship available, each with their own benefits and perks. Just click on the link in the details of this episode and you'll be taken to the Unbreakable You Academy. Here you'll find different sponsorship levels as well as programs and courses created by the Unbreakable Moms. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Unbreakable Moms podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and share it with other Unbreakable Moms. I'll catch you next time.